guys. Welcome to the first episode of Cutting the Rusty. Um, I'm here with myself, Dylan. I've got Hayden, and I've got Cam with okay. me today. Um, the three of us have pretty much been running our whole trap line since early November. Uh, so we're just going to kind of overview trapping season and then move into um, a little bit on what we focused on mainly this year. And then talk a little bit about what's in season right now and how we're kind of adjusting to uh, the coyote breeding season that's going on and get into all of that. So to start off, um, trapping season pretty much opened November, early November. Uh, I think it was the 15th and it's going to run through February the 28th. So we officially have what 28 days now today's the 30th yeah. um, so we got we got four solid weeks left uh, which is still a lot of time i mean this is still a quarter of the season left um, everything's been pretty good so far we've had a pretty successful season season on all that we've done uh, both land and water uh, we started out predominantly beaver trapping this year um, and last year and last year last year was pretty much almost all beaver trapping um, we had a very, very successful beaver season. Um, you did good this year, too. Yeah, we did pretty good. Probably, what, first half of the season this year? It was all beavers, right? Yeah. Yeah, up until probably mid-December, I'd say, was <clears throat> was just predominantly all beavers. Um, we set a couple ground sets here and there, but nothing too serious until we got up to uh, the nuisance job that we took. Um, and that was – late December and that's what we've been predominantly setting toward the end of the year. So we've kind of switched gears from beaver trapping into, uh, you know, yote and bobcat predominantly. So um, in Kentucky, uh, yote season is, hunting yote season is all year round. Um, you know, that's for just population management and population control specifically. Um, trapping season, you know, is, is, spans the length of the season from November the 15th to February 28th, like we were saying. Um, there's no bag limit on um, a number of animals. Um, it'd be easier to just tell you what there is a bag limit on. Um, bobcat, you're allowed five bobcat tags a year. Um, in the state of Kentucky, you have to purchase a free um, bobcat permit. Uh, it comes free with, your, with any license that you purchase. Um, you can hunt or trap. Um, so we've got five tags. We're on our, our fourth bobcat right now. Um, I've got one cat tag left going into the, the last month of the season here. Um, bobcats are not something that you see a whole lot. They're pretty rare around here. We're I mean, time, we've had really good luck on them this year. Yeah. <clears throat> it's been a very, very successful year for bobcats. Um, we started out actually our first ground set. We got the, the first day we got a bobcat, which was super awesome. Um, Again, not something that you really see just because the population of, of cats here is not that high. And typically, you know, when you do see a bobcat, it's it's a lone cat or at least a breeding pair. Um, in this instance, we three at the same spot. Yeah. I mean, we've been trapping what you say, probably 100 acres oh, and maybe a little bit more, 150 acres. Yep. And I mean, it's we've had three cats over the last month, month and yeah. a half. Uh, so we've been pretty successful with that. So we're hoping to fill our last cat tag uh, going into the end of the season. Um, Kentucky Fishing Game actually has a program where if you mail in the bottom jaw from your bobcat, uh, you actually receive two more tags. So they are, you know, currently conducting studies on, uh, you know, age, um, sex, and 
um, just kind of trying to get an idea of how, you know, how these bobcats are moving, where they're at, depending on the county, and then, um, you know, just population statistics pretty much. So hopefully moving toward the end of the season, um, with everything geared toward yotes, we can still manage to get a couple cats, but uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, we've actually got our good buddy Cruz with us today. Uh, he's going to hop on here and, and talk as we discuss through, you know, our coyote management and, and how, you know, that's affecting just pretty much everything that we do outdoors-wise hunting. Um, so we're going to cut into that. Um, so our focus this year has pretty much been on ground trapping. Um, and we've been doing some just coyote management jobs for people. Like we've gotten texts or calls that have said, hey, you know, I've got a pack of yotes behind the house. They're really affecting my dogs. You know, I've got an outside cat or, you know, I've got young children. Um, they're getting super brave, like coming all the way into the yard, like squaring off in the fence with the dogs. So, you know, it's, it's just getting crazy with these yotes and how they are becoming almost fearless with um, people as well as, you know, livestock and, and pets and things of that nature. So I'm going to let you guys start on that. Um, you know, going into the severe overpopulation. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife is pushing because you see a lot of ads on Facebook, a lot of ads on this. You just promoting a tournament coming up about coyote hunting. I mean, it's what, a three-bag limit over a weekend? Yeah, yeah. To try so, to encourage people. Yeah, this weekend, um, we'll have to look that up on Facebook. I cannot remember the name of the group to save my life. Damn, but, either. There is for sure a coyote hunting tournament this weekend. It's going to be a three-day tournament um, set here in eastern Kentucky. I think they're leaving out of the old Golden Oak office, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it's a three-day event. Um, total weight, I believe, on Sunday at like 2 o'clock is the way in, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, we will post or follow up with details on that to make sure you guys get the group name and all that good stuff and maybe some contact information if you guys want to get a hold of them and uh, hunt it. So, you know, going back to the overpopulation, I mean, I think it's just something that everybody's pushing and everybody's really trying to manage. Um, but it's just so hard. I mean, you know, we've only got 20 traps out right now, maybe. And we're doing two management jobs at one time and we're stretched to the wire. And that's barely putting a dent in anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're really struggling to put a dent in this thing. I mean, this year has been super hard, but, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. Um, but we just want to take the time to stress kind of the importance of this management and like the impact that these yotes are having. Um, you know, Cruz had a really good point while ago talking about um, how, you know, they're affecting pretty much every aspect of, of the game. And I'll let him elaborate on that. Yeah. So obviously uh, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife, they uh, keep numbers on these things. They do studies all the time. That's their job is uh, to watch the population control of each species. And people, sometimes people complain about, you know, you can't kill this animal or you can't do this or that. But the whole reason is to keep Kentucky having the species that we have. If you have a species that doesn't have a great population, you're not going to have an open season like that with coyotes. You know, coyotes and, and a few other things are just open season because we have so many of them. They're stealing food from other species. They're they're coming down and trying to attack them as well. And like you said, um, they're affecting people's dogs, um, especially this season. It's a breeding season right now. So they'll 
try to lure people's dogs out and to the pack. And then, you know, after the dog gets to the pack, that's, that's pretty much it for that, that animal. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's affecting, you know, our, our game too, that we target. I mean, primarily, you know, deer and turkey, our, our turkey population has seen a rabbit steep population decline. Too. Yeah. The rabbit population, especially, you know, Cam's a pretty avid rabbit hunter. So he's, you know, kept up with that. And, and over what the past, you know, five, six years, yeah, you've seen a decline anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody hunting them doesn't see any. Yeah. That seems to be a, a common thing that we've been hearing. It's just like, you know, anybody you talk to, like you catch somebody at the gas station or whatnot. And the first thing they say is, you know, man, the rabbit population's not near what it was 10, 10 years ago. And instantly that gets followed up. Like Cam said with, you know, yotes are bad. So <clears throat> they're affecting almost everything. And it's really affecting, you know, how difficult it is to, truly set in on the turkey population, the deer population. I mean, you know, three years ago, everybody in our family tagged out. I mean, in two weekends, you know, now we hunt for two, three weeks straight during turkey season and we'll be lucky, lucky to <clears throat> actually successfully call a gobbler in. <clears throat> so um, they're just really, really, really putting a damper on all of our, our hunting efforts and, uh, you know, especially primarily the deer and turkey population. Coming back to you on yoke breeding season, uh, we're going to touch a little bit on that and just kind of explain how, you know, that's affecting pretty much everything at this point. Um, so right now it's in pretty much full swing. Uh, just got started um a few weeks ago um predominantly more into these latter weeks of january and more so into february um so this is really throwing a curveball into trapping into our normal sets into you know yoke behavior in general and we're just having to kind of rework our sets from early season and then truly change a lot of things so you know as a yoke goes into breeding season you're seeing more travel versus a hunt for food so it's kind of like a deer in rut i mean i think most of you guys have, have at least experienced that or saw the pattern changes you know early season you may have a deer coming into corn every day at, at three o'clock but late season when that buck is in a rut i mean his his range may change he may travel you know a lot far like miles farther and he's not necessarily keying in on food he's focusing on that mating season so kind of the same thing for us in, in yoke trapping and especially yoke hunting at this point. Um, one of the biggest keys is a change in behavior is, is the aggression. Um, so at, at this point in the year, yotes are starting to get pretty aggressive. Um, you know, Hayden last year, uh, was last it over year or not? not? Yeah. They had a kid that actually died and they labeled it from coyotes and they came down and dragged him up the hill out of his front yard. And it was a, it was a little kid, like two or three. Yeah, that was that was horrible, and it was in a relatively yeah. like like nice community, uh, gated community, really. So I mean, you know, when you hit this time of year, these yotes are really turning off their their fear factor and just coming in and venturing into, uh, you know, people's yards, messing with dogs, messing with livestock. You know, chickens are getting affected, pets are getting affected. Um, and really in, a problem. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, in in that case, you know, um, a, a child's life was taken. So, 
in our sets um, to kind of combat this, you know, just massive change in behavior, um, we're kind of gearing more toward things that attract them during breeding season. So we're going to gland lures. We're using a lot of urine. Um, we're just trying to get these yolks instead of coming into like a smelly, stinky bait. We're trying to get them to come into a gland lure that was dropped by another coyote for you know territorial reason or urine set to to mark something, uh, something along that nature. So Hayden Hayden's are, are primarily the bait man. Um, he's been pretty good this year <laughs> on our on our bait sets. The old bait boy. So uh, we always throw him in the mix after the bait set to kind of choose what uh what what bait what lure what meat you know so forth and so on so Hayden elaborate on how you're changing to you know th that gland lure <coughs> choice and and some urine on the back and during breeding season so well for our first off there's two different sets I'll be like I said and when we set it with a gland it's more of attracting a cow to another cow's scent instead of it coming to bait like you said but with the flat set it is just flat on the ground instead of having like a dirt hole with the bait in it that attracts you'll come to that fresh coyote pee or the gland set right so you know with that gland and and urine both that's kind of their way of of marking their territory or marking a a spot that they want to come back to so in you know breeding season just like um just like a deer i mean i keep going back to that but you know a lot of these patterns are exactly the same um you know many of us hunt with doe estrus or a buck bomb or something of that nature and and you know everybody's heard the term you know dopey and relatively know that it's pretty stinky stuff right so you know that's kind of what that buck is looking for during rut and that's kind of what uh is targeting that female and, and kind of drawing him in so we're kind of targeting for the same way during this this breeding season to kind of kind of get those uh narrowed down and maybe keep them in the area you know, that's a big thing, too. Um, these yotes are, are traveling a lot more during this time period. So, you know, yotes range just hypothetically maybe, you know, a couple miles up to five, something like that typically. But, you know, when it goes into breeding season, I mean, you may see these things travel like severely long ways. And, and that's just, again, you know, how it's geared during the season. But, like, when they become into breeding season, they get more territorial and they get more aggressive. So, putting out, like, a gland set on something or introducing a new coyote scent is going to, you know, signal that there's other coyotes. And they're going to come and check it out. And it's eventually going to make them mad to where they'll feel threatened. Right. Because, like, every yoke has its own signature gland scent, right? And, yeah. I mean, no two are the same. It's kind of like beavers with castor or does with estrus, you know, something of that nature. So, um it's territorial. They're showing more aggression. Um, and you know, the main goal is just try to introduce them to the set with these lures and, and just keep them in the set with these lures. That's the biggest thing during this time. Um, oftentimes we see that this time of year is, is where we go the farthest and the longest in between catches. Um, early season, it's pretty common, you know, to kind of, almost double up or triple up on the same day, um, depending on, you know, how much area you've set and, and how good your sets are. How many traps? Yeah, that's that's a huge factor as well. Um, but yeah, it seems like this, this type of year, um, almost the best lure is, or, or bait in this scenario is, is another trapped yoke, right? Because if that yoke's trapped, not only are they going to get territorial towards each other, but they're going to 
kind of, you know, smell that urine and that scent that he's given off from being in the trap. And they're going to come in to investigate that too. So, you know, um, Hayden mentioned it last week that we should start setting um, our traps a little bit closer together, especially doing like, you know, bunches of twos and kind of offsetting them diagonal. Um, nine times out of 10, if it comes in, you know, one gets in a trap, then you're going to have another come in to investigate and then you've introduced it to that trap line. So, well, when you get a trap or when you catch a cow in a trap, it's going to form a circle with its chain as much as it can. So it's going to run pretty much that ground around that end of the dirt. So you're going to see that. Right. And if another coyote comes in, it's going to see that circle and it's not going to come into the circle unless it's really brave. So if you set a trap just on the outside of that with scent on it, it'll come in and see that and investigate it just to see what it is. Right. Yeah. That, that's been more geared toward our follow-up sets. So yeah. if you got a yote and, and you have, you know, went ahead and, and took care and dispatched that animal, then, you know, the next day, instead of having that trap within the kill circle, which is pretty much like the area that the previous trap yote is marked for, you know, danger, like don't come here. You know, it's a sign to tell other yotes not to venture in there because something's up. If you set that trap, actually, like Hayden was saying, on the outside of that rim, you know, that's as far up as that next yote's going to go because he saw what happened to the first one. He says, uh oh, you know, something's up here. Something bad happened. I'm going to stay outside of this circle. So if your bait's outside that circle, he's more likely to come in and then fully commit to it. So, you know, those are just a, a, a brief overview of kind of how we changed our sets and, and then going into, you know, how yotes are, are just completely changing behavior this time of year, gearing more towards um, their rut per se and, and their mating season. All right, guys, so we're going to pretty much sum up our struggles this season. Um, so far, it's been pretty tough on yotes, not going to lie. Um, we've actually caught more bobcats than we have yotes this season, and we think that's just due to just them being super pressured in the area that we're trapping. Um, there's a lot of ATV travel. There's a lot of, of hunting going on. There's a lot of partying. Rabbit hunting uh, on these street jobs. There's a, yeah, there's a oh, lot of recreation. Um, so we're trying to, you know, get something to commit that's already a, a very intelligent animal to come into a trap. And then we've got the fact that they're super pressured on top of that. And it's just making it pretty tough on us. Um, that's that's the thing of stress, too, is like these animals are not dumb. Yeah, yeah, you have to. They got them. a really good nose too. That's really the problem. Exactly, they can smell. Which is it benefits us, but at the same time, you know, if one, if you don't wear rubber boots and, and gloves and change your gloves mid set and and make sure that's part that, of our problem. You know, every single inch of that trap is covered and make sure that it's grounded well. Uh, it's not going to move. I mean, there's so many things that go into this that have, have just all added up. Um, it's one of those things that you learn as you go. This yep. is our second season. Um, this is really our, our first full season primarily targeting yotes. So we've learned a whole lot this year. We've learned what works, what absolutely just flat out doesn't work, um, what lures are better than others, what scents work. Um, so we're learning. By no means are we professionals. Uh, we're just coming to kind of give you guys their experiences. Um, so you can trails. do better than us. Exactly, exactly. We've had a lot of traps freeze on us this year. 
even yeah, with Wagner. Yeah. It seems like this year has been cold. very cold. Yeah, Up man. through December, we had great temperatures. I mean, we yeah. were hitting like high 40s, low 50s. In, yeah, in, we were playing ball mid-day. outside in December, like 76 degrees. It was crazy. Exactly. But yeah. moving into really since January hit, the first week of January was bitterly cold. And I mean, this morning, we've been out trapping the past three mornings running our trap sets. And I think the first morning was nine. Yesterday was 10, and then this morning shot back down in the low teens, like 11 or 12. And it was, I mean, you take that and you put the fact that we got some snow and you add in the windshield factor, your traps are going to freeze. It seems like every time I've checked them, they've been frozen. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, oh, there's ways around that, like wax dirt and peat moss. But the downside to that is that, you know, if you put wax dirt on a set, and that yoke comes to inspect that set and you know your your dirt around in that area is dark brown and that wax dirt is light brown he's gone i mean he's not he's not committing to it he's going to dig you out every single time he's going to leave so we're trying to find a happy medium between being able to use that wax dirt or that peat moss and, and making sure that the jaws of the trap don't freeze and the internals like the coils but also, you know, how much dirt goes on top, how much will will freeze, how much won't freeze. Um, there's just a lot of factors that play into it. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Cam. Probably our traps freezing has been our biggest issue yeah, so far. And it seems like every time they do freeze, the yotes get more curious because they, they're yeah. less likely to scratch that layer of dirt off, and they're on the trap in the bait. The trap just won't fire yeah, because that ground's frozen. So... This is something that's just extremely frustrating. I mean, if you don't have patience in this game, then you're, you're doing it wrong. You're really, really in the wrong field. Because um, you're not going to come out and catch. You're not going to catch something yeah. every single day. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, we got super spoiled on our first set because we got a bobcat, which is literally that and probably a fox are the two hardest things. We caught two bobcats and a fox before we caught a yoke this year. We've caught everything more than we've caught yokes. We've yep. caught more yeah. possums, more Our raccoon numbers have bobcats, been really good this year. More bobcat, uh, raccoons and uh, and caught a red fox, a which red is fox. super rare for this area. That's I mean, another thing that people don't understand is the work that's put into it because you don't want to oh leave gosh. these animals trapped sitting there. You, you got to check them every day. Really. You have to check them Legally, every day. you are required to check every 24 hours. So, and there's yeah. a lot of mornings. I ain't wanted to go. Hey, it's <laughs> just straight up. When, when you roll out of bed, Billy and comes knocking on the door at seven thirty, and I'd really just like not here. And it's nine degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's five yeah. below, and he's wanting me to get up out of bed. Listen, those those BP biscuits and and Red Bulls at you know seven seven thirty in the morning when it's nine degrees it's outside are just hitting different. Gosh, they get tough. Yeah. <laughs> they get tough, but you know. We're required. We knew what we were getting into. I mean, we're required to check them every 24 hours, and, and we've been strictly stuck to that. You know, we try to be as humane and as like to the book as possible with this stuff, just because you know we understand that even though we're trapping to do population control and whatnot, we want to keep it somewhat ethical as much as we can. Um, I so, mean, the whole thing's a commitment, and honestly, not a lot of people do it for rent. I mean, it. You also you know one other trailer that does. Yep. Um, we got, you know, my buddy Austin, uh, who's going to come on the show a little bit later, a um, couple weeks maybe. Um, that's the first person who I have got contact from probably in 
a 50 mile radius, hundred mile radius, really that I visually know that has set traps. So we've just kind of been bouncing off each other. And I mean, we've been helping each other this whole season and just kind of each of us getting the feel and learning as we go. Um, but like Hayden and, and Cam and Cruz all said, this is a commitment. I mean, if you're not willing to get up at, you know, seven in the morning and grind until grind really through lunch. And yeah. then if you have multiple spots, you're looking at, at days worth of work. I mean, each trap takes, you know, a sets, a good set really is, is anywhere between five to 10 minutes to get a set and get it baited. Uh, some more, Sometimes some less. Yeah. It just depends on what you're working with, you know, how good your dirt is. So this is, this is a commitment. Um, it's something that we love doing. Um, it's something that was kind of passed down to us from our dad. Um, thankfully we were able to learn that from him a little bit before we got started. So we were able to get a good head start on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that, that we really feel is a lost art in this area. And we feel like, you know, going forward for coyote population control. And I mean, it's just really crucial because you can hunt as, as much as you want. Like hunting's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm pro coyote hunting 100%. Uh, we often do it. But at the same time, you know, having that line set out and being able to run that trap line as well, I mean, that's just added bonus. And that's something that can set for, you know, the four-ish months of trapping season um, and, and really be super, super effective once you get it nailed down. The conservation's really left up to the people at the end of the day. Exactly. I mean, if, you know, we're not willing to kind of combat this coyote population, I mean, they're going to spiral out of control. I mean, you know, you're seeing it wide open already. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, you only get five bobcat tags a year. There's a reason that you only get two deer tags a year in zone four, which is us in Letcher County here. Um, so, yeah, conservation plays a huge key into this. And, and you know, people's willingness to either trap or hunt coyotes uh, often gets overlooked, but it's an extremely crucial part to, to management of the herd and just keeping our numbers up too uh, for our targeted animals like deer and turkey. So we're going to kind of overview our plans going forward for the remainder of the season. Um, like we talked about earlier, how we were kind of gearing our sets toward, you know, our gland or urine sets, um, doing, you know, multiple um, set locations, you know, taking probably, you know, a 50 square foot radius, 50 yard radius, maybe, and setting two traps in that instead mm -hmm. of just setting the one. A um, couple other things that, you know, we've noticed and we've learned this season has been um, a bigger dirt hole. So uh, for those of you who don't know, when you set your trap, um, you're going to dig. Well, really, the trap that we use mainly is, is a dirt hole set. That's um, what it's one of the easiest sets to do. It's one of the most effective sets there is. And it's, it's what's worked for us for a long time. So we've noticed that, you know, that's the hole that you're putting your bait into, right? So you're putting your bait, you're putting your lure, you're putting your, your gland, your scent in that hole. So the more that you open up that hole, uh, width wise, the more scent is going to get out versus, you know, a tighter, you know, maybe a pencil sized hole. Not a lot of smell is going to come out of that. But if you get, you know, you widen it out a little bit, then, hey, you've got more scent getting out. You've got more attractant getting to those yotes. So that's been something we've been working to do um, that we picked up in the past couple of weeks. And then um, a better presentation on our traps, making sure that, you know, all our wax dirt is, is covered. Um, our chain is bedded really well. The trap itself is bedded well. 
and just trying to to manage with our traps freezing that yeah, is probably the single biggest issue that we're facing right now so that's it guys that's the plan going forward for the rest of the season on trapping yotes um, got another month we got another month left so we're going to try to get rid of as many as we can um kind of lead you guys into next week's episode um we're going to focus on trap sets and really explain you know how to go about setting traps for yotes i mean there's a specific way to it we kind of overview some tips this week but we'll give you guys the basics on what we do and how we operate things on a, on a daily basis on a weekly basis and uh, what's been our best sets our most productive sets so far this year so thank you guys for tuning in this week uh, that's all we got uh, this is again our first episode of a new cut in a rusty podcast um, if you like it share it tell a buddy you know retweet it post it on facebook whatever we're trying to like get our us on TikTok. yeah we're trying to get our uh, our social media game up and, and really get our name out there because you know this is stuff that's important to us and it's important to a lot of people in this area and uh we're just having fun talking about stuff we love so if you like it give us a share it's not going to be just trapping it's going to follow the seasons we're going to get into hunting fishing different species all exactly. the stuff so we're going to focus on whatever's in at the time and right now during these cold months trapping's pretty much all we got That's about all you can yeah. do. i mean you know deer season doesn't hit until september turkey <clears throat> season comes in in april i think um next we're probably going to be rolling into beginning of spring fishing season I mean, that seems to be next on the set list. Um, that's typically what we do. Uh, we try not to have any downtime in what we do with the outdoors just because we love being out so much, especially in this area. And uh, so, yeah, we're just going to hit you guys with what we're doing at the time, what we like to do, what's in season, and just kind of keep you guys updated and just keep this thing rolling. Um, like we said, trapping just kind of happened to be the end thing right yeah, now. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, we'll see you guys next week.